if I and I don't know what the situation is like right now, so maybe it's still applicable. But just so that I'm staying relevant, a week, week and a half ago, if I had said to you, "Hey, Pete, I uh, dropped my pencil. Could you bend over and pick that up for me?" <laughs> what would your response have been? <laughs> it would have been a few things. It would have been pick it up yourself, you filthy animal. Yeah. Would it all would it also have been along the, the lines of oh, ow, oh, ow, ow. Yeah, or you know, I can get it, you just have to get my epidural going first. You know, what one <laughs> there's a very there's several ways I could have responded, I suppose. So what happened? But, What's up? <laughs> well, you know, first of all, I think you should ring us in. You're old. No. Yeah, you're oh, okay. Actually, well, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Movie Men <laughs> Podcast. I am Peter, and my truth-sayer, heartbreaker co-host is Brady. He's a truth-sayer, heartbreaker. <laughs> What's this? I don't even know what the next line is, but... I don't know. I don't even know what song this is. I mean, it's I know totally it's a song, song, and I, like... It's It's gotta be. Yeah, it's like, I'll look it up. I'll uh, try uh, to figure it out. Look it up while I'm talking. You tell that's the story. All, honestly, that's all I was going to say. I am getting old. It's sad to admit, but I was just getting, like, I was literally doing an activity of daily living. Like, I was just, like, getting up, walking around, and, like, getting ready to leave the house. Honestly, I wasn't bench pressing anything. I wasn't, you know, deadlifting something. I wasn't doing a backflip. I didn't slip on the ice. I, you know, I literally was just leaving the house like I do every day, and I threw out my back. And like, not just a little bit, like it was like, oh, yep, I am doing nothing today. I'm just taking a bunch of Advil and, and different things and laying in bed. And that that was that was my day. And I, I'm still kind of, I'm like 98% there. I'm like not ready to do cartwheels and backflips, but I am at least not just laying on the ground moaning all day. <laughs> So that that is the status of me and kids. That's why you don't get old. Yeah, yeah. That's um. And I don't mean this yeah. as a slight, but you're not that far behind because I, I think when I <laughs> I've always kind of felt like oh yeah, Brady is a younger guy. Like he's he's the kid on the block, but you're not that much younger than me. Like you're. You're I'm 30. Yeah. Yeah. I a couple of weeks ago, I think I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. A couple yeah. of weeks ago, I wow, maybe a month or so ago now, I slept funny. Like I took a nap on the couch. <laughs> oh, um and just kind of slept funny and woke up with such a sore neck Oof. that a it was a week before I was fully recovered from it. Oh, yeah. Um but the first 2 days were were living hell. Yep. Like I I went to the washroom and was washing my hands and like was looking that leaned over to like look down to like wash my hands and then shut the water off. And I was, I was like stuck. Like I, I couldn't correct myself and stand straight up again. It's not funny. It was bad. It's awful. I, yeah. it's honestly, you, you think about when these things happen and it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And yeah, like I, luckily I was just like, I hadn't gotten in my car. I wasn't by myself somewhere. So like, I still had some family members around to be like, can you, 
I'm a big guy, so it wasn't like, can you pick me up and put me somewhere? But it was like, can I, you know, hobble around on your shoulders? But like, I've heard people like, I've got this acquaintance who <laughs> this individual was sitting on the toilet and threw out their back. And they were like, they had to call their mother to come help them. <laughs> and I mean, we are all human, but like, just like the worst of all yeah. places to throw out your back and just like call your mother as a grown adult to be like, can you just yeah. come physically help me just up? And I didn't even know what, how your wife was it. at work or she wasn't home. <laughs> right? It was just you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah but yeah honestly yeah I, I can feel it though i know yeah. it's coming because like oh. monday monday i spent like two two and a half hours kayaking Oof. uh nice. and it was great like i just loved it it was absolutely great first time kayaking sure. and i and i loved it good for you uh and then we we stopped like we finished and i got out of the water feeling great feeling feeling super great yep. and uh we got out of the water and I just could feel my arms were jelly. Mm -hmm. And it was this immediate, oh, tomorrow is going to suck. <laughs> oh, no. And strangely, I was fine the next day. But, there you go. But I'm, but I'm of that age where, yeah, where it's like an injury, an injury in the moment is no longer just an injury in the moment. <laughs> It's the dread that you know is coming. You know, you're like, ah, did I am so sore today? Did I take the stairs wrong? Did I like what? Yeah, anything can do it. So, <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, no, we are here, we're here to talk about a movie. We are here to not just talk about any movie, but we are here to talk about a voted movie. We are continuing the movie traveling in time. We our bread and butter. If you're new to us, you you came. At a great time. This is a voting episode where we go year by year. We give you some voting options, whether you're just voting as a person or you're voting yep. as a person with Patreon extra voting power that gives you, you know, multiples of votes. You tell us what to review, and we are here for vote two of 1991. And can I say, I know you, I'm going, I know you normally like lay out what the voting yeah, options were. I, I'm going to this time just because I'm dumb. I was dumbfounded by the results because sure. I thought, I thought the film that won was probably going to come in last place. Huh. Just compared to huh. what, like what else was on the table, right? So Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. yeah. Didn't win. I... Father, and it was, father of the Bride. And I just want to interject you. It's not just that they lost and they got bid. Like, this was actually a really well-received vote. There was the stronger yeah, votes. It was but not a photo finish. It, it was not, but they were. there was still, like, even the last place and the second last place got a decent number of votes. Not close. Got, got some love. Not, not nearly close enough to win, but I'm just saying, like, it wasn't, like... Yeah, it was a well-received vote is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah. So, so Beauty and the Beast didn't win. Father of the Bride didn't win. Yeah. My Girl didn't win. So, okay, let's peel this back here. Let's peel this back. Because, listen, I, I, I really wanted Beauty and the Beast to win one of my favorite animated films. I think my favorite, I won't say the best, but my favorite film of all these was Father of the Bride. And I really wanted to 
to dial that one back. Oh, for sure. Tell me. I was looking for an excuse to watch it too. Like I was like, sure. My the odds seemed good. It didn't even seem like one in four because I thought the option that did win was not going to win. So it felt like one in three. Right. <laughs> so walk me through my girl because it was also well received. Like, what is this? Why should I care about it? Because it seems like it's popular. I've heard about it beyond this too. So, like, what is it? Why? Why? Oh is no, it you've never seen it. No. So I've never seen it either. And so, and, yeah, okay. and I was oh, gonna, okay. I would, uh, I was, I was about to give a little anecdotal story here, but now, now I feel like I can't. Uh oh. Uh oh. Why not? Because it's gonna. Sp- well, because it's going to spoil it for you, which I don't care about spoiling it for other people because oh. the movie's 32 years old, hmm. 33, almost 34 years old. Yeah, but so A, I'm happy that you don't want to spoil it for me. For this in general, you shouldn't spoil it for anyone. It's 34 <laughs> years old, 33 years old. Don't care. We're, we're the Movie Men podcast, not the Spoiler Men podcast. Now I got to do it. I got to tell you the story. Don't, I, I but, have to but tell you, you the story. I want you to tell me the story, but tell it in a way that does not spoil it. Ah, I know what's a challenge. I don't challenge. know if I can. What? I don't know if I can. Okay, I'll, you, so you I, I'm just to. gonna, I'm just, I'm just gonna try here. Listen, so, I'm gonna just gonna say this: spoilers are for ugly cars from 2001, and that's it. Not for this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. So the reasons you should care about this film okay. is well, first of all, Macaulay Culkin. Okay. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh. Dan Aykroyd. Right. Like, like it's it's not a nobody movie. Huh. As I, as I see this, I need to look it up, because I think I'm confusing it for something else. Is there some movie with, like, Ben Affleck from the 90s about a girl? <laughs> I, probably. I don't, <laughs> what do you mean? Continue your story. Continue your story. I need to look it up. What the hell are you up. talking about? Yeah, I, probably. <laughs> is, ben, is Ben Affleck in this film? No, I don't think so. Okay, never mind. Continue your story. No. Uh, okay, so anyways, so I was like, I was talking, I, I was watching, I don't know how to do this without spoiling it. It's like, it's 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 something that you only don't know if you know nothing about this film, which means I didn't know it and you don't know it, mm. but the listener knows this. And so, ah. Uh, uh, what do we do? If you can't, I don't. I really don't want you to spoil the film. So I'm. I are you planning on watching it? Yes. How soon? How soon are you planning on watching it? Well, not today, but you know what? Tell me this. So here, let's just do this. Here, let's do a disclaimer. Listener, skip a minute ahead if you don't want this ruined. I am okay to have it slightly ruined, and I will forget it if when I watch it. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. So. Brianna and I, so spoiler now for the next 30, 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. So Brianna and I were talking about the voting options. We we're talking about my girl and how I had never seen my girl. Or I don't even know if I said I had never seen it. It's just like, I was like, oh, it'd be a great option because her and I have been planning on watching my girl. She's wanted to watch it for a little while. I don't know if I've ever brought up that I haven't seen it. I don't mm-hmm. know. A- anyways, she was like, yeah, but it's super sad. And I was like, Oh, okay. I said, yeah. Like, it seems like it could be one of those, like, there's sadness in it. 
mm, yep. type of movies. And then we were looking up that there's a My Girl too, and the Macaulay Culkin isn't in it. Any isn't in it. I just um, googled that that there is a second. Yeah, I'm one. like Maca- like you know it's different actors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And we were trying to figure out whether or not the new kid, the new boy, right. was supposed to be the same character or not as. Macaulay Culkin's character. And I was like, well, the girl's different too. And she said, well, yeah. She's like, the girl dies in the first one. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And so I was just like, so I did all of a sudden after that, I didn't want my girl to win Mm. because I was like, well, I feel like that's the big thing about the movie probably right. like i don't know right. maybe it just kind of happens and and it's sad but you know whatever but it's like you know it's like bridge to terabithia it's like well the girl dies and that's that's the so anyways funny anecdote that brian ruined my girl for me before i got a chance to watch it and now i've ruined it for you so here's welcome the, back everyone here's the thing I think I confused um, My Girl with Girl Interrupted, which is a 1990 film, 1999, pardon me, film starring Winona Ryder, Angelina Jolie, Whoopi Goldberg. And coincidentally enough, it's directed by James Mangold. The uh, recent to light film of his is the new Indiana Jones film. So that's what I was thinking. Wait, of. so, but, and still no Ben Affleck? No, I don't know where I got Ben Affleck from. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm sure there's okay. a movie with him about a girl somewhere. I'm sure th- I'm sure him and a girl are in some movie somewhere at some point. <laughs> even back Maybe girl. even in the 90s. That girl. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we are here to talk Rocketeer. But Rocketeer won. It's, it's sad, like, I'm just going to say one more lament. I really love Father of the Bride. We, I've said it. You've said it. It's so good. Steve Martin is great. Well, Martin any, Short is great. Anything. Oh, yeah. Steve Martin and Martin Short together mm-hmm. it's just perfect yeah like they're just they are the uh, they're one of those hollywood comedy duos mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you can put the two of them in anything together <laughs> yeah. and it's just and it's just gold i've made it through the pilot of only murderers in the building only murders in the building and i just haven't gotten back i uh, i hope i make time to watch that show because it seems interesting cool yeah. all right so Shall we do some initial impressions about the Rocketeer? I think it's time. Okay, so uh, I had not seen this movie. Oh, get out! Are you ki- what? I don't know. I always have these predictions where I'm like, okay, this is a treasured that, like you know, on the mantle of Brady's house, he has this and the 1989 Michael Keaton Batman VHSs, and that's yeah. it. And no. I sometimes I'm right, and sometimes I'm wrong, and I was wrong. So continue. Yeah, I know. Um, but it might be now. <laughs> oh, interesting. It might be now. Um, wow. I think it's, I think, I think if you ignore the 1990s visual effects. Oh, yeah. Which they use, which they use as sparingly as they can <laughs> in a film like this. Because I know they're not great. Yeah, they're aware. There's um, self, self-awareness. So if you ignore that, you take into account the cast and we'll get into the cast we, especially, we have, especially one guy oh interesting we have to go through the cast at some point yeah um and uh 
so if, if, if you take all that into account and the dynamic between some of the characters, some of the dialogue and just the chemistry that's there, I think it's just a fun, good, early 90s comic book film mm-hmm. that predates the comic book era of now mm-hmm. and and just does it in a, a super charming, family-friendly cute way that's hmm. that's you know it, it's got it feels super original in its approach to to the story and and yeah i just i i really i really enjoyed this movie I had a really fun time with it you were what did you, were you think drinking, of it you were drinking the kool-aid i was oh yeah the whole time the 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 alcohol that runs the jet <laughs> uh so my initial impressions my interest level started low just because I knew nothing about it other than the cover art. Then I read this synopsis and it was, you know, okay, this man has the rocket and he faces a Nazi spy. My interest level skyrocketed. I went, ooh, this is interesting. And then I watched it and the interest level came back down to earth a little bit. I feel like it was a little campy, a little flat. So maybe I wasn't able to overlook some of the 90s aspects of this some of the shortcomings i think just at the core i think the protagonist isn't that developed so i wasn't really invested and i get it it's supposed to be campy supposed to be comic booky but i still need him developed enough that i care about things and just at times i just didn't um i did think just as it relates to that like it was beyond the halfway point before our main character really kind of empowered his alternate identity like this this jetpack I just feel like for the movie to be so centered around that, it really didn't embody that till quite later on. And just, I also felt the villain was kind of underused too. You know, when I read the synopsis about having a Nazi spy, it was just kind of an add-on thing at the end, really, because we, he's he's the villain throughout the whole film, and then it's just kind of discovered when he opens a broom closet with a radio in it, and then this balloon or this blimp comes out of nowhere. So... I just feel like it could have been really more fun with some pre-war uh, connections and the villain could have been more you know, more interestingly done and the protagonist could have been a bit more fun. So I think I think there's some potential here for, to be a fun, comic-y, campy 90s movie. It just didn't quite make it for me. Well, screw you. Go back to go back to laying on the couch and popping pills. Cause... <laughs> Don't trust me, I will. Because your opinion is not valid here. Jeez. Okay. So, all right. So that sort of dictates the direction of this conversation a little bit, I suppose. Um, Let's talk about the cast. We have to. Like, uh, that is, I have three talking points. That is one of them. So obviously it stars Billy Campbell as Cliff. Now, Billy Campbell, if you are looking at that, face and that name and you don't recognize them from many things so let me stop uh, you there let me just stop there because i'm hoping you to prove me wrong because i i found it just as a, in a nutshell that there's so many interesting names and faces that we'll get to here but the protagonist is someone that for me literally has never resurfaced in hollywood am i wrong um not really okay. i mean he's in he's in a bunch of things okay 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 Including an episode of a little sitcom called Frasier. What? Um, yep. Oh, Dr. Man. Clint Weber. 
Okay, I gotta look this up now. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> um, But continue. But he's done a lot of that type of stuff, like one episode of of Law and Order SVU and one or seven episodes of The OC, mm. and um, you know, an episode of Eureka and an episode or three episodes of Melrose Place. Like it, it's that kind of career that he's had for the most part. Um, nothing massive. He was in a fun little, you know, whatever. In 2019, Disney, uh, and I think probably, it's probably on Disney Plus, you can go check it out. Mm. Um, they did, they did a animated show called The Rocketeer. I read something about this. Yeah, it had had a 23 episode run. Um, featuring the main, the main protagonist of it is a girl, young girl that finds a rocket pack and stuff like that. Um, and he's in seven episodes, uh, he voices a character named Dave Secord in seven Hmm. episodes of that. Um, which is just kind of one of those fun little nods to the original guy. Hey, come be in this show type Mm. of thing. Right. So, Um, did you find did you find a picture of him in Frasier? I did. So he's in episode or season five's episode seventeen. He I honestly I barely even recognize him. And so I would not like I could have watched this episode tonight and not even known it was him. But he plays a good looking oh, he's doctor. An actor, man. Yeah, he plays a good looking doctor who joins the radio station. And I do remember this episode. Who he's good at everything. He's perfect. And Frazier becomes insanely jealous of him. And because he keep, inadvertently he's super benevolent about it, but he keeps one upping Frazier in literally every facet of their interactions. Until they're finally at a dinner party and for some reason they start singing and he is the most offbeat singer. And then Fraser is very, like, he's tickled pink that he's finally found something that he's better at this guy then. So I do remember him, but I honestly um, wouldn't have recognized him. Which is fun because Kelsey Grammer can sing. Oh, he absolutely can. Yeah, like, Fraser can sing. This other guy is the one who couldn't sing. You know, even even if we're like Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob in The Simpsons, <laughs> like that's that's often been a singing role for him. <laughs> he is so, a good singer. Yeah, you're right. So we have Billy Campbell. Yeah, we have Jennifer Connelly, a very young Jennifer Connelly top, playing Top Gun 2's Jennifer Colin, Colin, Connelly. Let's, <laughs> let's let's just let's not forget. Let's not forget. Not that I'll give you a damn chance to. Playing playing Jenny, yes, she is Penny Benjamin yep. in Top Gun Maverick. Yep. Is that now? I'm probably I'm probably gonna make a mess of this. Yeah, I'm yeah. just gonna look. She's, and I think it's because she's got l- lighter hair mm. in Top Gun Maverick, right? I think so. She does look. A she doesn't s- have like jet black hair. I don't think so. She's the love interest. She's like she the bar. Is. Bar owner, she, right? She's okay. The, she's the bar owner, single mom who also is an avid sailor and has a few other incredible talents. Right. Okay. Um, but Jennifer Connelly, obviously, being played Betty Ross in the Eric Bana Ang Lee 2003 Incredible Hulk movie. Okay. Um, she it was a voice in the movie Nine, mm. the Tim Burton film Nine. Oh. Okay. Um, She's the voice of Karen, who is the suit lady in 
Tom Holland Spider-Man suit. Oh, oh, interesting. Did not know that. She was in Attila Battle Angel. Either way, it's Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Like people know yeah. Jennifer Connelly. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Alan Arkin. And not only was Alan Arkin, who plays PV in this, not only was Alan Arkin my favorite character oh, in this movie. Interesting. Just his, his, I just had a chemistry with Cliff and his, his, I, I just loved his character. I thought he stole every scene that he was in. This is also the first movie that I've seen him in since his passing. Hmm. And it made me sad. Like, I was like, oh man, like Alan Arkin was so great. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, I don't know. It was, it was a just throwback. extra upsetting It was to a me. throwback. And I, I don't think I'd realize he passed, so I don't didn't have that same reaction. But uh, it was a it was a kick watching a young Alan Arkin for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, he passed earlier this year. Ah, oh, man, a couple months back. That's yeah, too bad. but obviously Alan Arkin from things like Edward Scissorhands, mm. from things like uh, he played the he played Tim Allen's father-in-law in the santa claus two and two and three or just three hmm. um maybe just three um he was in get smart he played the chief in, yes. in the get smart remake right he was in argo he was in the incredible he played rance rance holloway the old retired magician from the incredible burt wonderstone he was in the <laughs> dumbo movie like alan arkin was just one of those guys that could play a villain he could play the comic relief. He could play the supporting. What like he was just mm-hmm. so versatile. Yeah, and he's so good in this, mm-hmm. and it made me really happy. Yeah, uh, we have a. You want to talk about young? You want to talk about young <laughs> and lost? We have a young Terry O'Quinn playing Howard Hughes. Yeah. I okay sorry I wow I blanked because I knew the facts that you're spewing out I when you said lost I personally didn't know what you were talking about because I I just I know you don't lo- love lost as much as I do yes no, it's John young, Locke a young uh, Terry O'Quinn yeah and definitely a Howard Hughes that is spun in a different light than the <sighs> yes yeah like. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen The Aviator, but just watching a full biopic of Howard Hughes with you know Scorsese's, you know uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and you you see in any biopic you see a man's ups and downs. So seeing this little glimpse of Howard Hughes was very very different than my previous exposure to him in film. Uh, but I agreed because love- I've seen The Aviator. Okay. Yep. But I but I liked this. Oh like yeah, it was it was not. It was he was charming and yeah. a little mischievous, mischievous. Sure, and but in a good a little, way. And a little a little we, like eccentric is what I'll say. But I'll just say weird. I sure. literally didn't understand his generosity at the end to give him a plane. Because I think because he's an eccentric inventor. I kn- yeah, and an, an yeah enthusiast. I but it does seem, and he recognizes enthusiasm in Cliff. Sure, S- and also it. owes him a little bit of a debt of gratitude. Okay, but yeah, so I guess I get yeah. what you're saying. Game respects game, but does he really owe him a debt of gratitude? Because like he didn't what he what Cliff did like saved the world or saved the U.S. or whatever. But like it wasn't really any skin yeah, so off no big Howard. deal. 
wasn't any skin off Howard Hughes's nose. Like, he doesn't care. No, but it was Howard Hughes's device that was out there and causing crap, right? <laughs> I, I feel like it's I like, know. hey, I lost my wallet. Someone returned it to me, so I'm going to give them my house. Like, it just seemed a little disproportionate. Sure. I don't know. And then the, the other big notable name. Playing Neville Sinclair. Hold on. Let me just... I want to stop you because I'm going to like... I want to pop in a name and it's not as big as this one. Um, I think I know who it's going to be, but go ahead. Oh, okay. It's uh, uh, a young Melora Hardin, Jan from The Office. That's that's not the one I thought you were going to do. Yeah, if you are... The Office listeners are out there. You will recognize her. I think she was a ballroom singer or like a nightclub singer. Um, But yeah, Jan... Very small role. Very small, very brief, but very much there. Jan from the office. So we got some, we got some represent. Listen, we got. Oh my lord! Okay, do yours, but I want to say we've got some iconic representations here. We've got like some f- Top Gun, Top Gun Two's a stretch, but we've got like Frasier represented. <laughs> we've got Lost represented. Um, we've got another iconic film series represented with what you're about to spill here. Uh, that's interesting. I find that interesting. Yeah. There's also John Polito is in this. Yeah, who's that? Um, and a lot of people will know him from various different things, but he plays Bigelow in this. Oh, like the Italian or the mob guy? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He'll, he, people will know him from a lot of, he was in at least, uh, hang on. There's one that a lot of people know him from for sure, but I want to see how many episodes of this other show he was in. Uh, he was in... Got to go back to the 90s here. Um, so there's Rocketeer, and then... Sometimes it's so hard to find a show on IMDb because they don't always... like. Okay, so he was in... Oh, he was only in one episode of Seinfeld. Okay. Okay. But he's a guy that's done like a lot of television work and stuff like that. He was in the Stuart Little movie. He was in he's been in a bunch of a bunch of different things. Hmm. So I yeah. I think that would be the only thing I'd recognize him from is Stuart Little. But that just could be confirmation okay. bias because I've seen that film and you mentioned it now. Yep. Yeah. Uh okay. So playing Neville Sinclair. Yeah. Is one double oh seven. Yes, the, another iconic franchise represented in this film. And they definitely nod to it several oh, times. Yeah, for sure. And a- as you do, you don't put James Bond in your movie. Mm-hmm. And just sleep and on then, it. And to just sleep on it, right? Yeah. Especially because this is only four years after, no, Bef- two years yeah. This is two years after License to Kill. I was just like, going to say, is, License to Kill is 89, yeah. Which, oh, so that's interesting, because then, what does that mean? Then it, Pierce was the next one. Yeah, but what year did his first one come out? Not till 95, I think Goldeneye. Right? So that means that at the time, this <laughs> it's not like James this guy Bond. used to play Bond. This True. guy is the most recent James Bond at this point. Yeah. It's so that's, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. And he played it for two. He's not like George Lazenby. He played it, he had two runs. 
Yes. And so th- that's enough. That's and enough to be... Interesting that just the dynamic that he's playing a villain, right? Oh, I yeah. I just find that interesting because it would be... But does it well. Oh, does it well. I, like I think it's just interesting. Like, slime in this. Like if, if we had Daniel Craig playing a villain right now, you know, it's just, you know... It, it, to have someone typecast as James Bond to kind of flip-flop to a villain. I think it's just interesting. Oh, man. I always forget that in in Mrs. Doubtfire, Pierce Brosnan was still two years out from being James Bond. Yeah, I think I like, flip-flopped that in my mind, too. When you see the guy's, like, jawline and his oh, hair it's like how was he act, not it's just like yeah it's just like what are you what are you doing <laughs> just hurry up and cast the guy right he's just big right James Bond. it's the same way i feel right now about henry cavill just make him james sure. bond like what are we yeah. doing what yeah. are we doing but and then 20 anyways, years from now so we'll be reviewing a film being like oh wasn't henry cavill james bond when he played superman yeah right yeah Anyways, so there it is. That's yeah. the cast. That is quite um, a cast. Uh, you know, that was a fun bit too, because there was the occasional time just where scenes pop up and I go, hey, there's John Locke from Lost and here's Jan from The Office. Like all these little fun yeah. faces. It's, it is a fun cast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You changing your opinion yet? Uh, it's hard to say. Okay. Okay. Uh, how about the fact that the music is done by James Horner? You know, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so music brought to you by the same guy that did Titanic, Avatar, The Mask of Zorro, The Perfect Storm. Yeah. And it is great. Like, the music... This is one of those films where not very often does the music stand out to me. Huh. But this this time it did. Yeah. Especially in those, like, beginnings... Those beginning sequences where, like, he's test flying this, this plane and he's, like, before everything goes butts up and he's like just soaring over the field and stuff and everyone's happy and the music's just like big and and boisterous and and yeah i really really like the music and it Mm. felt james hornery like huh that's interesting for a lot of reasons one i'm just i didn't even notice the music to be honest with you um, I'm happy. I'm always happy when you the music stands out to you because that means it was either really good or really really bad. Just because you're not always the most music person, like that's not always your jam. And I'm also yep. interested that you didn't mention of all the films James Horner James Horner does, you didn't even mention the 2000s How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So I think well, that tr- see, so I think that reveals your true underlying feelings on that film. Here's the thing. Sure. Here's the thing. All the time, I all the time, John Williams gets the praise for being like it, like the greatest. The and goat. I get that. The goat. And and and, and yeah, and and so he probably should be, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But but quite often people would be like, ah, oh, you know what? Sorry, John Williams. Like, what has he? What is he? And you, and the appropriate answer always seems to be any iconic soundtrack. <laughs> that you can think of any yeah. any classic movie that you love is yeah right he did the soundtrack for but yeah. other guys like james horner yeah don't get enough credit mm-hmm. right so james horner real quick here yeah, oh, yeah. real quick <clears throat> honey i shrunk the kids okay back to the future part three 
Okay. Oh, That's that fair. Western. Do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah. No, no. See, I haven't watched it in a while. I think just like, you know, if you had said one, I would have said great, but number threes, you know, that's fair. Okay, okay, okay. And this is, don't um, get me wrong, if I did one thing in my career and that was it, that's no, like, that's still impressive, but uh, knowing sure. knowing the bigger blue chips that are coming, I'm going, uh, okay. Um, The Page Master. Uh, uh, a heartfelt favorite of yours, but not necessarily the most popular film. Braveheart. Okay, now you're that. Listen, I don't. It's not a particular favorite of mine, but that is a big Hollywood blockbuster for sure. Apollo thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Jumanji. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, some of these. Separate. And some of these. I just want to say, like, yeah, iconic movies. But I don't know if the, even the sand. Like, I don't know if the soundtrack of Jumanji really resonates with me. Titanic. Okay, yeah, there we go. Boom. Yeah. A uh, movie that I love, Bicentennial Man. Okay. Still need to see it. How the Gr- How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Which there are some the Jim, riffs. The Jim Carrey one. There are some riffs in the beginning of that that remind me of Titanic. There's some DNA. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's so but and it's so good like with Anthony Hopkins doing the narration over the beginning mm. and James Horner's soundtrack going. Like it's just it's, you know, um in the same kind of, not quite the same as Braveheart, but he did Troy. Oh, okay. Um, he did Avatar. Uh. He is responsible for the theme of, and all of the music, in Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies. Okay. Listen, right? this is so not just a like, basic- this is not a resume, and listen, I'm just saying this all antagonistically. It's not a resume to sneeze at. It's very strong. I would just say, like James Horner, there are also others that are very good that, yeah, they don't get their their time oh, of day sure. as John Williams does, for sure. But Right, I, like I, Hans Zimmer. I was just going to say- I don't personally like Hans Zimmer. Sure. Yeah, well, he was like kind of rude of the, to you like at the you, Christmas party. He was he was kind of a jerk. Well, and it wasn't my fault. His <laughs> wife hugged me. Well, I didn't listen. hug her. Right? Like it wasn't. You know, um, Get over it, right? but yeah, Hans Hans Zimmer. Like if I go through, and I'm not going to list them all off. But if I go through no, and I'm I look at to. like the Hans, uh, listen, I was going to say all those movies that you listed off in my mind because I've wa- been watching a lot of um, uh, Christopher Nolan films recently. Um, and I love them or hate them, Christopher Nolan films, they all have strong soundtracks. And for a lot of them, you can attribute that to Hans Zimmer. So when Yeah, you, and I don't like them. You don't like the soundtracks? Like, no, like the music in the... It's not my biggest issue, but one of my issues with the Dark Knight trilogy is I don't like the music. Okay. And that's fair. That's your opinion. Like, I totally disagree, yep. but I that's fair. <laughs> Where are we here? Oh, but Hans Zimmer's Hans Zimmer did the music for Twister, and the music in Twister is top notch. So interesting. That makes up for everything. Yeah. So like he's done. Hans Zimmer has done The Lion King, um, which also yeah. I mean you know, and it's tricky because I feel like yes, he did The Lion King, but nobody thinks of you're like oh who did the who did the music for The Lion King? Everyone <laughs> says Elton John. Right. Prince, right? Prince of Egypt. You know, Gladi- yeah. Gladiator, Road to El Dorado, mm-hmm. Pearl mm-hmm. Harbor, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the Last Samurai. Uh, I'm sorry. It feels like we've skipped over Johnny English here, and that's that. <laughs> Is that really? I literally, if it's on there, I did skip it. The Batman trilogy, I enjoy. Um, Inception. Inception is an incredible theme. Um, Interstellar, questionable movie, but really, really good music. Um, yeah, like there's a lot of good stuff on here. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, man. Yeah. The Sherlock, okay, the Sherlock Holmes music is great. Yes, it is. The Sherlock Holmes music is great. Yeah. Honestly, there's a lot of really good films here. You're right. Spider yeah. the Spider-Man one and two for with uh, Andrew Garfield. That's fair. It's good. Dun oh Dunkirk. Okay. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Dune. Mm. Yeah. yeah. This the Dune soundtrack is good. Anyway, all this mm. to say It might be the only it's so it's just hard to it's hard to pick up on the soundtrack because you're too busy. <laughs> Don't you know. stop it. Anyway, my point you is did boss baby. <laughs> <laughs> did it really don't forget boss baby <laughs> and Kung Fu Panda 3. that's one of my current listen we gotta get so on, on point here but my kids have been yeah, watching at this that. point i'm just throwing you i'm just throwing at you the shit that he's done the thing is boss right? baby's like, actually good like i watched that movie he, probably once a week probably three times a week let's be honest my kids are into it right now so we watch it a lot. yeah He's done all the Kung Fu Panda music. He's done all the Madagascar music. Like, okay. let's not skip over I'm just saying, these incredible I would say, things. I would argue there's more highbrow <laughs> Oscar Beatty stuff on here. Yes. Than maybe Hans Zimmer. And I don't mean that rudely. I just mean, yeah, Titanic. I've then, there's some good ones ja- here. Then James Horner, you mean? Then James Horner, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine. All that being Horner. said, I, I'm shocked. I didn't realize this movie was James Horner. And I didn't notice it, and uh, I, I'm happy that you enjoyed it. I truly am. I truly am. So hit me with another um, talking point of yours. Yeah, okay. Let's go with disappointing things. Oh, great. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll, the only other, the other, the other talking point is I did have some genuinely funny moments. Okay. So I'm, I just, I'm basically just... Uh, summarizing things that I hated and enjoyed. But I felt the kidnappy scene was a bit cringy. You know, maybe chalk that up to 90s, you know, campiness. Maybe chalk it up to that it's supposed to be set in the 30s. But it was a bit of a cringy. Not just just 90s. (laughs) 90s live action Disney. Right. Right. That's an important... That's... Qualifier. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. So I felt that was maybe, and that's I think something that worked against it for me. Um, I I felt by the end there was a lot of things going on that I just went okay. I guess this is happening, but you know the mobster with a political conscience when you know he finds out that there's Nazis. You know he's open to being morally gray and and black in some things, but when he finds out the Nazis are are in town. He's like, all right, that's enough of this bull crap. Um, uh, World War II hasn't even happened, so historically, I don't even know what's going on with Nazi Germany. But I'm I'm fighting for the for the good guys here. Felt felt that was a little little convenient. And um, I guess ultimately, the last thing I thought was just the climax of the film was a bit unbelievable. Like their escape from the balloon 
Um, yeah, I, you know, a lot, all, all these things, I just, it didn't have me grasps right in there. So I just felt like things were happening on the screen and I wasn't really invested. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Were there things? I a, oh, go a, ahead. I, I know, I know we can't afford a tangent, but I have a tiny tangent. Oh, I, I don't mind. I, I just, I hope the listener doesn't mind. Do you know who's better than James Horner and Hans Zimmer? <laughs> <laughs> Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri does not get enough credit. Okay, let's break this down here for a second. I'm going to be ignorant. Uh, Off the top of my head, Avengers. I have no Avengers idea. Endgame. Oh, <sighs> Ready Player One. I sorry, I'm not impressed yet. <laughs> the Avengers, the bomb, bomb, the like the the Avengers theme that we all okay. know. I don't know how to quantify this because I I won't argue with you. But okay, hang on, hang on. Uh, no, 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 no. But Captain I just Ab- want to say this: like I, I I think I'm putting my foot down, saying it's in some ways that's an incredible accomplishment. But in we're some not there ways, yet, though. No, no, no. But just let me finish. In some ways, it's also kind of like okay, sit down, hold my beer, kind of thing. Just because it's it's similar to Harry Potter. When there's the Harry Potter theme and you go, this is amazing. And then mm-hmm. you realize that John Williams is only there for partway through the series. And the later films weren't even done by John Williams. So you've got this. Okay, sure. uh, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is you've got this iconic theme and you, you know, it's a bit of a rinse cycle repeat situation. So for better or worse, I'm not critiquing it, but with Harry Potter, you've hit lightning in a bottle and then you just rinse cycle yep. repeat for all the films. I would say kind of the same thing for the Avengers too, right? Like it's an incredible theme, pumps me up. You know, if you're wanting to work out or something, you put it on, it, it hits that spot in a movie, won't argue with you there, but it's just kind of the same thing where it's rinse cycle repeat. It's like, okay, from an accomplishment perspective, like, it's kind of like with Gimli, you know, it still only counts as one, I guess, would be my point. Sure. And and that's why it's important that the first Avengers is one of those credits, because yep. that is the first time we heard that song Yep. yep. that so, so many other people have had to use and adapt and, you know, and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, Night at the Museum, the Polar Express, okay, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Stuart Little. Hmm. Lilo and Stitch. Okay. I haven't seen, but... The Brendan Fraser Mummy movies. All right. I, you know, this is... Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Cast Away. Oh, sugar. Okay. Okay. Mouse Hunt. Sorry, this is the same guy who did Avengers? Yep. Mouse Hunt. The Grumpy Old Men movies that I... Having, I right. need to find a time that I can sit with you and we can watch them. <laughs> right. Forrest Gump. Sure. I think overhyped as far as the film goes, but it's still a very sure. interesting soundtrack. I would accept that. An iconic that. music. Yeah. 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 Father of the Bride. Oh. I mean, great film. Don't remember the music, but I'm going to count that as a point. Yeah. And I mean, there's a bunch of others on mm. here, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, oh, Predator. Yeah. Um, so on and so forth, but he is the guy responsible for the Back to the Future music. Oh, wow. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Now, if that's not a feather in your cap. All right. You know what? I'll give you, you you've, you've won this argument. 
You had because there's there's nothing that Hans Zimmer has done that is as iconic or wonderful as the Back to the Future soundtrack. Okay, <laughs> hold the phone. Oh my! Bum, bum, no. bum, just bum, 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 stop for bum, five seconds. Oh my god! No. Okay, no. Two Anyways, things. back to Rocket. No, we're not going back. Just a <laughs> second. So okay, I have to acknowledge you've won me over. You started at Avengers, and I will admit all my points are the same for that. But you won me over at Castaway, and then, you know, Back to the Future is great. But I feel like the last thing you snuck in at the last second is just false, because it's the same as the Lion King argument with Ham Zimmer. It's like, okay, no one thinks about what you just said with uh, Back to the Future, just metaphorically speaking here. Yes, it's a good soundtrack, but everyone thinks Huey Lewis and the news, power of love. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I'm just saying, you know, you can't argue that one is a home run, but not the Hans Zimmer for Lion King. And I would just say, you can't say Back to the Future is more iconic than some of even just the Christopher Nolan Hans Zimmer films, like the the Batman theme and 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 inception and and op even oppenheimer i know it's the new kid on the block in this argument but the oppenheimer soundtrack i've listened to several times it's neither here or there let's just agree that there are a lot of great film soundtracks sure and and none of those composers <laughs> even come close to touching danny elfman but that's <laughs> man we maybe we need to have a there's no way you could do we this. We need to do a whole episode on this. Uh, maybe we do. I think so. Right? I mean, yeah. when you're Danny Elfman and you're responsible for the Batman theme, as well <laughs> as the theme song from The Simpsons, I mean, and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and Spy Kids. Oh, right. I forgot the Spider-Man. Right? Yeah. So, anyways. 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 Um. So were those all your negatives? Those were all my negatives, just to, yeah, capping them off. Yeah. Okay. And what was it? You said there was a funny thing, a thing that made I, you I laugh. just want to share some funny things about this film because, you know, as, as much as overall I found the film slightly disappointing or could have been more, and as much as the critiques outlined, there were truly a couple of funny things that I found. So honestly, I, I, I liked the, the, the I finally played a scene with Neville Sinclair line. I I thought that was funny. I thought that was great. Um, so good. I, I it's liked, such a powerful female moment. Yeah, I really like. She was playing the like up until that point. She's kind of playing this like ditzy, like <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give in to this stronger man and his allure, and I know I shouldn't, and I know he's kidnapped me, and it's so wrong, and it's so bad, but it's Neville Sinclair, and and. <laughs> Would it really be that wrong just to sleep with them and and all of this? And then she just like flips it on this, like flips the script <laughs> and owns that moment. Um, I I liked I think leaning into the whole James Bond mantra, where where you know he played the part well with that mystique, and he has that line, you know, it wasn't lies, Jenny, it was acting. And yep. I, I honestly thought that was fire. And um, they had a missed opportunity where? with that James Bond bit. 
Well, because he's at the rest. There's there's many, many times in this film, many opportunities mm. yep. for Neville Sinclair to order a drink. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. And it wouldn't have even had to have been a martini shaken, not stirred. It mm. could have been ironic. You could have done the flipped version, right? You could have <laughs> done like um, a martini. And maybe say, and how would you, you know, how would you like that? And he could say, stirred, right, <laughs> right, or yeah. like so just like yeah. flip it on it, flip it on its head. Yeah, but it, yeah, there was a missed opportunity. I thought. Mm, I agree. That would be that would be fun, and the, you know, as much as the ending, kind of the problems I had with some of the conclusion, I did think it was kind of neat. This has happened in other films too. Um. But just with the whole villain landing on the land of Hollywood land and that being the explanation of how it changed, I thought that was funny. It's so good. And I like, I yeah, because not everyone's going to get that either. Not everyone knows that it used to say Ex- Hollywood land. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I so, liked that. Yeah. What else? What else do you want to cover with this? I mean, I don't know if there's much. I just, I loved, like I said, I loved the dynamic between PV and and everyone else. Like, mm. he just had this kind of caution. He was a cautionary character that also lets his excitement and curiosity get the best of him, mm. right? So, like, at the end when Jennifer Connelly gives PV the the plans for the jetpack even despite everything that they've just gone through and that it's a horrible idea he can't help but look at it and and start making improvements mm. and figure out how we're going to build it right there was talks because obviously this film sets up a sequel this is this is an mm. origin story for a superhero film and I think that's and, why, maybe where I had a problem with the jetpack coming in not till later in the film, right? Because as a standalone film, that's a little weird. If it had been, okay, we're setting up for a second film where he can lean into it, that would have made more sense. Yeah, and they wanted to. Mm. Um, I'm wondering if... I'm wondering if I Google this. If something, if someone's going to have the answer for it right available. <laughs> um, no. But I'd be curious. Actually, I can pull this up and, and do it myself. Um, but yeah, it, it, they wanted, they wanted a sequel. Okay. Right? Because it's, it's, this is who he is and blah, blah, blah. And he's got a, he's got a costume. Like he's not just some guy with a gimmick. Like there's a costume and, um, and then the movie ends with, and the adventures don't need to end because we now have the blueprints for the jetpack, hmm. and we can take it and we can improve it and we can do all kinds of things with it. Um, and it was one of those where like, I think it was one of those sequel stories where scripts were written and then shelved and then rewrites happened mm. and then 10 years later someone said we're still actively like we still want to do this blah 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 mm-hmm. you know but now it's just been too long oh yeah no it's just been no. too long now right and you could do something too- 10 years later but even that's even that's pushing it 
And I feel like just the market is a bit saturated because I feel like that probably came at a time where, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of competition, but in the world where you've got the the superhero atmosphere that you've got, you know, what what would this offer that we haven't already seen or what would this offer that that entices people? So I feel like, yeah, the time has passed. Yeah, which is kind of a shame. There, I heard a little while ago ideas of a potential reboot. Okay. Um, you know, like it, it's an IP that Disney owns and they mm. want to do something with it. Yep. And so, so for comparison, I was able to find it, pull it up here myself, excluding the Mark One mm. because I don't know. That's just like some ugly thing that Tony made in a cave. <laughs> in Iron Man, the first time you see Tony suited up, not even painted red, just suited up in the mm. silver suit that looks sort of like the Iron Man suit, it's an mm. hour and five minutes into the movie. Right. Yeah. Which makes more sense when it's then part of a series, right? It's going to be part of a series. Yeah. It's a longer film, so yeah. there's more to come after that. And you, you know, in um, that in that context, you have to let it breathe. You know, you don't want to you don't want to rush things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will agree because the movie ended, and I remembered thinking to myself, there wasn't as much focus on the Rocketeer as I thought there would be. No, like he doesn't he he doesn't spend a lot of the film being a hero. A lot of the time, it's just. We have this jetpack. We don't know what to do with it. Are we giving it back? Are we not giving it back? Yeah. Um, even even we just seem to the, stay on that for a while. And just even the alter ego, like it's not like oh, you know. I think it maybe it's too cliche, but you know, even his uh, female interest, you know, her being aware of this mysterious rocket man and be, there being more press and there being more mystique about who is this man. And I know that that exists to some degree but it's very minimal compared to say a lot of things of superhero origin films sure so are you ready to rate it i think so okay on a scale of zero to ten how would you rate the rocketeer i can't i was hoping this conversation would help me decide i can't decide if it's bad like a four out of ten or if it's like on the fence of five so i'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of 10 i don't usually do half scores but i'm gonna go right down the middle with that just because it's like i said there's there's a lot of shortcomings there's a lot of things that i could i thought it had potential for um but there are some little tidbits here mainly the cast mainly some funny moments Ever since I watched Lost, anytime I can watch something with Terry O'Quinn, I, I do try to. I really enjoy his acting, and this wasn't any different. I, I, I'm i going to go four and a half out of ten, and uh, that's what I'll give it. What do you give it out of ten? I gave it a seven. I gave it a seven. I, it's not, you know, I didn't walk away going, this is the greatest film I've ever seen. Um, But I was like, you know what? This is charming. It's cute. It's fun. It's got lots of recognizable faces in it. I like the sort of... I like the the World Fair tech of tomorrow, but through the eyes of the 30s mm. feeling. Yep. It's kind of got like a steampunky feeling, but also... Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's that anytime we see in a film... 
technology that is futuristic to us, even in modern day, right? Technology that doesn't exist, certainly not in this format. But it's in the housing of or stylized in retro retro housing, retro Mm. equipment. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. And it's very similar to, it's the same, it gives me the same sort of vibes as the George Clooney movie, Tomorrowland. Mm. It just has that, you know, oh, it's the 1950 or 1940, whatever it is, World Fair. Right, right. And everything looks old and retro, including this, it's a small world after all ride, (laughs) but if you put the right coin into the right slot than this 1940s ride car (laughs) will do some truly insane futuristic things, Mm -hmm. right? I just, I love that. I love, I love that. I love the whole um, secretive, and again, Tomorrowland touches on this, but like the apartment at the top of the Eiffel Tower and what may or may not, like the secrets that may or may not lie within. I just, I love all that stuff, right? So I loved the look of the Rocketeer, this head with the the rudder on it, and his like double-breasted tan leather jacket was just, just it was just a good look and a fun, it was a fun character and a fun idea. Um, and yeah, kind of, I think kind of a shame we didn't get another one. But yeah, seven out of 10, I think. Cool. So, yeah. What'd you watch for the last couple of years? <laughs> uh, let's take a look here. Let me get the old app up here. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to focus. I, I always have such a backlog, so I just kind of pick things that make sense to talk about together. I think I'm going to talk about two films that I've watched. And it seems applicable to talk about them now. I watched, and I'm going to rate them together because it makes sense. I watched Barbenheimer. I watched Barbie, and I watched Oppenheimer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Barbie definitely was the more artistic film and maybe um, was just not the type of narrative that I liked. If if Barbie was literally a, a character study of Barbie herself instead of being more of a commentary. Not that I have a problem with what the commentary was saying, um, just about, you know, no, no spoilers here, but just like what Barbie has meant for female, you know, association with female females in history and and what women look up to and what they should and shouldn't look up to and all these big picture implications. Like, I don't have a problem with the commentary. I just like character studies more, and that's what Oppenheimer was. So I gave Oppenheimer a little bit more... Um, but the thing I, I kind of walked away from Oppenheimer from is as interesting as it is, as amazing as the soundtrack from Hans Zimmer is, I've been listening to it nonstop, as good as Oppenheimer was, I gave it a 7 out of 10. It could have been incredible. It could have been an elite film. It could have been maybe not a 10, but maybe with the potential to be a 9. I just, there there was the shell of something special there, and instead it was just good. There's... I feel like Christopher Nolan was trying to do too many different lanes or too many different directions with Oppenheimer. I feel like the majority of the film was dedicated to a character study. 
And then in the middle to near the end, it turned into a courtroom drama. And I just, I feel like there's a time and a place and you just have to pick two different movies to do those two different, very different things. And if it had just been solely a character study and they had just flushed out some more of that, I think it could have been elite for me. But as it was, it was it was just a 7 out of 10 for me. So still, arguably maybe Christopher Nolan's best film. But I've also walked away with less of a shine for Christopher Nolan. Because after I watched Oppenheimer, I said, yeah, this might be his best film. But I do feel that, you know, and, and you'll get behind this train too, not just the Batman films, but a lot of his films in general are a little bit overhyped and not just that they're overhyped. They just have a bit of a glass ceiling for me. And so Oppenheimer's great. He has a lot of other great films, but you know, is his, are his films perfect for me? No. And each film has a certain flaw or a certain shortcoming. And so the long and the short of it is Oppenheimer might be the best of his films for me, but there's there's still some shortcomings and limitations for all these films. As a side note, and then I'll pass it on to you. So those are the two things I watched. I gave a Barbie a six. Would have preferred maybe if it was just a character study on Barbie herself. And I gave an Oppenheimer a seven. I was listening to your, I think it was the movie news. I don't know what else it would be because we've taken a break. But you were mentioning your Anne of Green Gables watching. And I am not as I don't I've never seen anything Anne of Green Gables to be quite honest, and um, I, I I appreciate that you and the people you watch it with you enjoy it so much, and I I felt jealous isn't the right word but I could relate a little bit. I think there's some similarities that you know in 2019 Greta Gerwig had her Little Women film come out, and I heard just so many good things about it from just actual pundits to just people like us who are like film enthusiasts but just everything i heard about it was great and i thought little women was going to be my aunt of green gable so to speak and i just found a for me little women was adequate it just wasn't perfect for me and so i was a little bit disappointed so i i, I have all my point of that is just saying uh you know Barbie was probably a little bit better for me than Little Women, but Little Women wasn't my favorite, and I'm happy you found your your Anne of Green Gables. It's a it's <laughs> okay. a very weird random tangent. Sure, no, I, I I like it. I get it. Yeah. What did you watch this week? Uh, well, we finished the Anne of Green Gables movies. I don't know if I said that. It's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell when we talked last. Uh, but we watched yeah. the third one. Okay. Um. So, so that's all said and done now. Um, and we're, we're like hyping up, we're like looking for someone who hasn't seen the first one so that, <laughs> so we can watch it. Um, <laughs> that's me, finished, but I don't think I'm in the mood. I don't think I'm in the mood. Fi- yeah. Finished Loki, which I okay. think I'd already said. So we yep. finished What If. Um, then we just finished last night, actually just finished WandaVision. Mm. Yep. And and it's so good. I mean, it is <laughs> it is the I don't know. It's it's so good but also by proxy kind of disheartening because it's like man, WandaVision yes. WandaVision was not only the start of what this post-endgame MCU could be, but it was yep. also the first glimpse at what high profile 
Disney Plus shows could be. And it's been very seldom that we've gotten something that comes close to living up to that ever since. Yeah. And so I, it's it's tough. It's it, it is tough and I feel like it was such a banger to start the whole post um I almost said post apocalyptic. But you know what I mean, the post end game. Uh, pretty much. And, <laughs> and I yeah, I think just as a commentary like it it was a bit of a flashback for me. I know this isn't the first show that's done it, but for me it was the one of the first relevant shows that I was kind of tuning in weekly because it, it came out in segments, right? And yeah. so, it, you know, it, it was kind of a flashback to kind of waiting for weekly shows. We got it with Rings of Power and we've had it with other shows as well, just less to my, on my radar. So it, it was good and it really brought me back weekly. And you're right, we haven't really matched that intensity. No. Star, uh, on the Star Wars side, Andor was really good. And the first season, maybe second season of Mandalorian were mm. were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, on the MCU side, Miss Marvel was really good, but there hasn't been a whole lot since. Right. Not not that nails it. Not that knocks it yep. out of the park. Right. Each one's yep. had its moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been hard to find something that that kind of knocks it out of the park. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. What else? Still continuing on with the Simpsons. About halfway through season nine now. Oh, nice. Um. Trying to Do think. You, if there's... you must skip the theme. Um. Well, it's, in a lot of episodes, it's not necessary because in a lot of episodes, mm. Simpsons has like three different versions of their their intro. Oh. Uh, right? right. There's one which is like the full one. There's one that shows you the chalkboard gag and then straight into Homer almost getting run over in the driveway in the couch (laughs) gag. Um, And then there's one that only shows you that like is basically the same but skips the chalkboard gag. It just kind of depends on the running time of the episode itself, right? Whether they need to cut that extra 90 seconds. So, (laughs) yeah. So it's seldom now that the full thing plays. And so some quite often we just leave it because it's like, oh, well, we haven't, you know, we haven't actually mm. had to sit through this in a week and a half. So, <laughs> right. so it's no big deal for the next 90 seconds. But <laughs> yeah, and it's also seldom that we're watching them back to back, right? We'll watch like mm. one a day or something. Right. So 90 yep. seconds every day, eh, whatever. It's almost more work to t- like, f- well, because what happens is when you skip the intro, Right. If it is the full intro, then you skip the chalkboard gag, which we always look forward to. And it also, mm. it'd be nice if Disney Plus lets you skip the intro, but only skipped right up until the start of the couch gag, because it also skips the couch gag. So it's not even worth right. skipping it, because then you're fumbling for the controller to like go to back the 10 seconds. And moment. again, it's just yeah. like, it's annoying. So yeah. anyways, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all cool. I've watched. So wrap it cool. up. Well, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you spending the time with us whenever you're listening to this. Um, Check out all our socials below. Like, follow, subscribe. Reach out to us. Leave a like and a comment. Join our Patreon page. Help support the show. Help us pay the bills. Thank you to all our existing patrons. Uh, We appreciate you showing us your support and for helping us. And uh, we, 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 we wouldn't be here without all your very generous support. And, um... 
until next time where we continue talking movie news where we continue doing votes uh just please please have uh have a great day wherever you're listening whenever you're listening whoever is listening thank you if if you're listening yeah if you're peeing in a mason jar like howard Hughes, thank you for listening